0: This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com We're giving the stars their shine on these episodes of Steelers Standard. You see what I did there? Stars shine, pun, hey. stars are bright, they shine. Hey. How? How you doing? We talked on the last episode about Najee Harris, who's mainly the only star on the Steelers' offensive side of the ball. We touched a little bit on Frye too, who I think has some star potential. But on this defensive side of the ball, oh, baby. this is where the star power really comes out to shine. And you got to start at the very top of the list, because this man isn't even the number one star on your Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he's one of the number one stars in the entire NFL. In fact, the only guy I think you can name in front of him right now on the defensive side of the ball would be aaron donald as far as more recognition around the league star power yeah. you go into any random household and ask him who's who do you do you know who this guy is yeah aaron Donald. He plays football right tj watt i think is right behind him only guy who can say he's more of a defensive star is ad out in l.a Now, I think T.J. Watt gets a little bit of a benefit because of his last name. yeah. Already a little established familiarity with Watt. So then the the baby brother Watt comes in and sets the record for most sacks in a season, tying Michael Strahan. Mm -hmm. I mean, then it's it's pretty easy to get name recognition throughout the country. But, I mean, the play is also just backing up that as well. 22.5 sacks is just an absurdity. More sacks than a couple of teams had total on their season last year. Tied Strahan. Should have beat Strahan if it wasn't for the— Did ball- beat Strahan. Yeah, if it wasn't for the m Bank Stadium scoreboard operator not giving him that sack on the aborted play by mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Would have beat Strahan. First
1: aborted play in NFL history.
0: Never heard of that Mark before. It and it cost T.J. Watt the extra sack that would have taken him over the top. But anyway, he still gets the record. You look up that in, in the record book, you see his name next to that figure— and he still got the Defensive Player of the Year award that has eluded him for the past several seasons as he has been deserved. You could have argued that he was deserving to win it three straight years and sure. got lost to Gilmore, lost to Donald, and then he finally won it. And much deserving. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like, Definitely should have won it over Gilmore, I think. The Donald definitely. thing is always up for debate. I mean, right. Donald's just so good. Hard to ge- Hard debate. Hard to argue against Aaron But Donald. it's just like TJ finally was so sick of it after two years that he was like, I'm taking all the debate out of it. I'm breaking the sack record. Yeah. Take it away from me now, bastards. Like, <laughs> I'm going to get 22 and a half sacks and give it to Micah Parsons. Please, I'm begging you to give it to somebody else. And they, they didn't because they couldn't. He tied their hands. They right. had to vote for TJ Watt. So Watt's the biggest star on the team, one of the biggest stars in the league. How in the world do you follow up a 22 and a half sack season, though? Because... I don't think he's going to reach that point again, but like, I also don't think it's far fetched if he does. And I also don't think he can't have as
1: impactful of a season if he had three or four less sacks next year. So every year of his career, TG Watt has increased his sack total. And <laughs> now it gets a lot harder. Though. <laughs> and last year, he made the biggest leap, right? Last, yeah, of course. Every... So he went from First seven 20 to season, 13, yeah. seven to 13, to 14 and a half, to 15 to 22 and a half. So his biggest jump was before this year was from year one to year two when he made a six sack jump and somehow he jumped seven and a half sacks and then tied the NFL record. I mean, you don't make that kind of leap multiple times as you're increasing every single year. No, you don't. So here's a question, Tom. There's only one player and it shouldn't be too hard to answer. There's only one player in the NFL history to have since sacks since became a record, officially in 1982, to have more than one year with 20 sacks in a season. Is it J.J.? It's J.J. It's his brother, right? Yeah. So, say T.J., maybe he doesn't hit 22.5 or doesn't hit 23. Which is tough, yeah. But he hits 20. And gets, another mul- gets a multi-year... Uh... 20 sack thing on his resume. Right. So now there's two people and they just happen they both to be have the brothers. same last name. Yeah. So that would ensure, right, he's going to be a Pro Bowler. He's going to be a first team All Pro if he gets those numbers.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Of course. Okay. 20, 20 sacks is a lot for the so, defensive
1: player of the year reigning. So yeah. here's my question. With that in mind, that would put him, that would give him his fourth first team All Pro, his fifth Pro Bowl. TJ Watt, as of today, has five. I believe five, it could five first team all pros. This is JJ, you mean. This right? is JJ. Yeah. Five first team all pro, one second team all pro, and five Pro Bowls. So, J, so TJ would only be one first team all pro behind older brother. That's tough to believe with, until with, you with remember a,
0: how much he's been hurt his entire career. With a
1: second twenty sack season, is it fair to say if he accomplishes that? Through this point of his career, is T.J. Watt better than older brother J.J.? Yes, I think he's trending in that direction anyway already. Does um, the does he necessarily is, need the Defensive Player of the Year to match? No, no, I don't think he does. But three to one, and when it should have been at least three to two, right? T.J. has got third. J.J. has got three. T.J. has one, but we think it should have been at least a second one thrown in there, whether it was in 2020 or 2019. But it, honestly, Tom, if he eclipses 20 sacks again. I would be hard-pressed to think that he doesn't win Defensive Player of the Year. Well, also, his track record has shown you, of course, he was injured a
0: couple games last year, but they were Mm minor-ish. He was able to come back pretty much the next game after only missing one. He's shown you to be more durable than his uh, older brother as well. Now, older brother, bigger dude, plays on the line with his hand down, plays a more physically demanding position, I'd say, although they're both pretty physically demanding. But T.J.'s been able to stay healthier than J.J. has so far, knock on wood, in his career, so that's obviously going to translate towards better numbers, naturally, because the production's never really going to drop off for T.J.'s the best player in the NFL defensively, or number two if you want to put Aaron Donald in front of him. So I think that a lot of things that you said, the the catching him on all pros, catching him on Pro Bowls, Passing his sack total for his career. Right. All on the table, all doable for T.J. Watt. Well, he he already passed— The single-season sack t- total right. he passed once, but he's still got a couple more But he has more sacks in a season than J.J. has. Right, exactly. So, career-wise is what I'm saying. Like, okay. He can catch him career-wise, obviously, because J.J.'s slowing down now. You don't know when he's going to actually end up hanging him up. Another, you know, little—it's not a big deal, especially for a defensive player, but it looks like T.J. is trending towards being a stealer for life here— and JJ, so. of he course, just we his... remember what happened with him and Houston. The fallout there. Well, now the he's best in Arizona. part about this
1: is that we don't have to worry about him Steelers. For a while now. Well, the Steelers being Houston, <laughs> being Houston, Houston, and when they decided to deal him away, when they decided to deal DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson. Yeah, they're not really running
0: their organization that great. Not Although great. I will say this, I think they're getting into a better spot now. They're going to be abysmal this year. Don't get me wrong, but they're getting picks. They're kind yeah. of, you know getting all the bad people out of the front office, trying to bring in new guys to build that place up. They brought Lovey Smith in as the head coach, uh, has success in his past. Tough to predict if he's going to be able to recreate that success, but, I mean, he did it in Chicago. So, I mean, he's taken a franchise that hasn't necessarily had the most sterling track record of making good decisions in the past and gotten them to mm-hmm. the NFC Championship game, gotten to the Super Bowl before. So, like, I, I think sure. there's a chance he could be a decent head coach and just be a filler. And this is just, be our coach for two years while we suck. And then when we fire you, yeah. we will bring in the guy that we really think can lead our new team to glory. One last thing on T.J. Watt before we move on to some of the other stars on the defensive side of the ball. 72 career sacks in 77 career games as a Pittsburgh Steeler for T.J. Watt. So
1: almost a sack per game is the I mean, average for T.J. Watt. If, if he ends this season with more sacks and games played and he's approaching a sack per game. He'll need some Ravens and Browns games in his red and four sack games. But I, I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me Tom if if he gets if he I mean if he approaches the 20 mark. Say he doesn't get there, say he gets a 19 or 18 and he's playing 15 or maybe 16 games on the year on the season that's averaging more than a sack per game. Yes. That that number for the career gets closer and closer one thing that Steelers fans will be celebrating next year, I,
0: I, I damn near guarantee it, as long as he can stay healthy and on the field, is you will have a new single, our all time leader as far as sacks in a Steelers uniform. James Harrison is your king right now with 80 and a half sacks. So TJ is eight and a half sacks behind him as far as time. He can get that, that in. in two
1: games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he will, but that's that's true. He could not, get not that. Not
1: necessarily the first two games of the season, but he could get it in a, in like a two-game window. But I feel very comfortable predicting
0: that at some point, maybe week 10, week 11, I'd say you'll have a new before. sack king in Pittsburgh as far as sacks as a Steeler, And it's incredible that... James Harrison, it took 177 games as a stealer to get to 80 and a half. Elsie Greenwood, who's number two, it took 170 to get to 78. Mean Joe Green, 181 games, 77 and a half sacks now.
1: We don't know how how many sacks Mean Joe
0: Green actually had. Didn't Mean
1: Joe Green say at one point that he had 10 sacks in one game? I think
0: so, and I believe it's footage. But you just didn't keep track of that stat back then. So all of the Mean Joe sacks are some... Poor, poor kid going through all the film and recounting mm-hmm. all the sacks that he could discover on me. I mean, Joe. same with LC. Pretty much. And then Jason Gilden is number four, 158 career games to get to 77 career sacks. So he's the next guy on the list for T.J. Watt to pass is Jason Gildon But, man, all of those guys playing over 150 games to get to their sack total. And then T.J. Watt has still got, uh, uh, like— uh, th- 23 games to go to even get to the century mark as far as the Steeler is concerned he will break the Steeler's sack record without even playing a century marks worth of games for a Pittsburgh Steeler just the not just the production that he has but the sheer volume sure. of production he has every time he steps on the field is is second to none and he has the potential to me if he continues to play like this gets another depoy. Continues to play first-team all-pro, maybe a couple more 20-sack seasons. Hell, maybe he breaks his own record again. Are you going to say
1: what I think you're going to say? He'd be the
0: second-best player in defensive history for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
1: Behind, of course, Fair. the godfather, Mean Joe. Fair. I thought you were going to say he is the potential to break Bruce Smith's record all-time sacks. He probably has that
0: potential, too. Only,
1: the only guy in NFL history to eclipse 200 sacks. On, I think he has 200 like 200 and well, half. Well, he's on the right trajectory for Sure it is. He's going to get to 100 sacks
0: before 100 games, so I'm sure he will flirt with that record in a couple, or not a couple, but in five, six years from now if he's healthy and still playing at a high level. But just from a Steelers
1: perspective... Wow, that's... So, you know what's well, who's crazy? who's number two in your mind right now? You know what's crazy quickly? It's... I think it's, to me... And I I wouldn't be shocked if you agree. It's a bigger deal to be named the second-best Steelers defensive player of all time than for him to chase Bruce Smith's record. Man, that's a tough question
0: because both are just so prestigious. Like normally someone would be like second best ever. If you ain't first you're last. You know what
1: I mean? Well you're on the you're on the but number one defensive Joe. team of all time. Yeah, you're on Joe. the number one defensive team of all time. Yeah, it's mean there Joe. is no like, team in the NFL with better with a better track record of producing defensive players.
0: Yeah, there's not ever going to be a player, let alone on one side of the ball, just player overall that's more impactful and more meaningful than Mean Joe. It's impossible to catch. It's like DiMaggio's hit streak in the MLB. Mm-hmm. You're never going to catch it. That's an unbreakable goal to Attain and mean Joe you're just never gonna be as important and as good as mean Joe was on a football field But you can be number two and right now. Who's your number two. That's so hard. Is it wrong of me to say Troy?
1: It's really. I, tough. I might
0: be biased from my generation, but I think Troy's the number two player ever in history. I mean, the thing is, is that there's such a great Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, anybody on the line. I mean, James Harrison kind of sneaks his way into that conversation with a depoy under yeah, his belt. Yeah, at some point, like, Mel Blount, Mel Rob Blunt, Robinson. They changed the rules for Mel Blunt. I mean,
1: it's tough. I mean, it goes on. Like, Donnie Shell. It goes on and on and on. TJ was the TJ was the eighth Steeler to win Defensive Player of the Year. It's absurd. No other team is more than four. It's absurd
0: this town this city this franchise invented defense yes. <laughs> invented it i don't they didn't know how to play it until the, the steel no. curtain came around but and then i the, don't think it's that absurd for me to say right now and i don't think it's that absurd for me to say that tj's probably flirting around the top 10 already oh,
1: it, it, that needs to be well if there's only eight there's only congr- eight deploys and he's one of them i mean
0: and, well eight there are eight, eight awards given out yeah
1: so i think a couple of guys like i think uh maybe it wouldn't shock me if Lambert, or maybe Hammer, or, or Mel won it more than one time. So there's even less guys than eight. But I just, I don't
0: know. He has had such a great impact to right. his start. He's still so young, though. So it's hard to really. I'm going to say right now, he's better than JJ. I think he's better than JJ, too. You still haven't told me who your second best defensive player yeah, is. Yeah, I don't know. Is. Just say it's Troy. You want to say it's I Troy. I want to say it's Troy. It, it is gonna Troy. Say it's Troy. It's, it's trying to say it's, it's Palomalu. So that's the guy in our mind that TJ would have to pass. It's pretty tough to do. And now, just thinking about it out loud, probably have to get a ring to probably be up there, yes. right? Like that's the final nail in the coffin, as far that's as that solidifies really,
1: yourself among the all-time. Yeah, because
0: like all the '70s guys have rings. Troy's, Troy's got, two. got two. Harrison's James got, got two. two. Like that really is that final stamp of your resume if you're a Stealer. Yeah, right. Now, of course, it's a team it's the ultimate team sport. So TJ can go out there and average 20 sacks for the next eight seasons and they still might not win a Super Bowl because two sides to the ball, right. and he's only one man of eleven out there on the side. But defensive he'll be of the
1: ball. a Hall of Famer. He'll be remembered as one of the greatest defensive players of all time if he does that. Yeah. It no would cushion. just be so unfortunate. Already mean, on
0: the track for that. Yeah. Uh, already Uh, If he played another eight years at this level, he's a Hall of Famer. No question. Eight years, 15
1: sacks per season. Hall of Fame. Don't even need to hit 20
0: ever again. First ballot. No question about it. One of the better defensive players of all time. But I do wonder, do you need to get that ring to really get you to that next echelon? To get you in that next category? In Pittsburgh, I think so. I
1: think only because you're playing at Pittsburgh, it matters a little bit more. Well,
0: the number 2 star, in my mind, on the defensive side of the ball for your Steelers is also right behind TJ Watt as far as the sack total is concerned in Steelers history. And that's Mr. Cam Hayward, who has 68 career sacks as a Steeler in 166 career games.
1: But he does so much more. He does than so much more than that, and
0: he's playing a position that's different from just getting after mm-hmm. the quarterback and sacking him. But he still does that so well. I mean, the fact that he has more sacks in his career than a Joey Porter or a Lamar Woodley as far as the Steeler is concerned, I mean, that dude is getting after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also a testament to that dude has just played a ton of games in a Steelers uniform. I mean, always healthy for the most part. maybe misses a game here or there always on the field for three downs unless you know it's a rarity that he has to come off for a blow like the dude is just an absolute stud and one of the more reliable players in the sure. entire NFL and has always kind of been that all-pro star caliber player but have you noticed like I have that he's getting more national attention recently than he has I during, think, he's, in the I think past.
1: he's yeah I mean it, it, the all-pro thing I think is the biggest case that you can make for the fact that he's getting more attention I mean he came into the league in 2011, and I think immediately he made his impact known in Pittsburgh, but he didn't oh, yeah. make his first first team or second team All-Pro until tw- – he didn't make his first Pro Bowl, time until 2017. You're telling me the guy went his first six years of his career without playing at a Pro Bowl level? Absolutely. You couldn't name one person in Pittsburgh who would agree with that statement. In the first six years of his career, he wasn't worthy of a Pro Bowl designation, of even a second-team All-Pro designation. So I think absolutely in recent years, it's gotten more attention, and that could be because he's sustaining the success as he gets older. He's not someone who started like kind of he's like getting a, better. He, I think that's he's getting what I'm better. saying is like he's not like J.J. Watt where he came out really hot, he really took the league by storm. And then he got injured and he kind of fell off a little bit. He was still a big name. No, I think he's getting better. I think you could argue that last year was his best season of his career. Oh, I, I don't think there's an argument. I think it was his best season of his career.
0: He was a 10, t- he got 10 sacks. That is second most in his career. In 2017, he got 12 sacks. So, pretty damn good season that year. But uh, nine passes defended this past season. And it was becoming comical at one point where he was just swatting these passes. <laughs> I down think the there line. was one point where he was
1: leading the team in passes.
0: <laughs> it's absurd to think about. He made a first-team All-Pro again this past yeah. season. I mean, well
1: deserved. I think it was his best season of his I career. Do. I do too. And he's thirty-two years old. That's what I'm saying. Playing Tom. a position that's really demanding. I think him and JJ came into the league at the same time. JJ Watt. JJ has switched teams, kind of fallen off a little bit. Cam is now on. I believe he's made an all-pro team he's, every year since 2019. He's been a first-team he, all-pro It was, it was three 2017 first-team, nothing in 2018, first-team 2019, second-team 2020, first-team 2021.
0: They did get drafted <laughs> in the same year, too, 2011. That's they, what both, I'm saying. they both came into the league.
1: And the last time, I think, J.J. Watt even made a pro bowl. was in
0: 2018.
1: 2018. He 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 made the first-team all-pro in 2018.
0: And he made the Pro Bowl that year. Sixteen games started, sixteen
1: games played, sixteen sacks—a sack per game. Yeah, I mean that's so the last that's time, Pro Bowl level right there. The last time JJ played... Watt, the last time JJ Watt made a All Pro team was in the very beginning stage of Cam Hayward perennially being named to the All Pro team. And in 2020
0: in Houston, we saw a healthy JJ Watt only get five sacks. So sixteen games and five sacks when you're healthy. Wheels are starting to fall off Mm -hmm. a little bit there for Mr. TJ Watt, or JJ Watt, excuse me, where Cam Hayward just seems to be getting better and better with age, which that's not a position you get better with age at. So he is definitely somewhat of an anomaly as far as the NFL is concerned, but he's our anomaly, and I'll take it any day of the week. Now, there is some worry that you should find the successor for him, but... You came to me and said you're going to get three more years of all-pro caliber Cam Hayward. I would believe you cuz I
1: I don't see any slowing down in his game so far. So that's my issue here, Thomas. Is you said you get about three more years. We worked t- we just talked at length about TJ Watt who's turning 28 this year and t- and Cam I believe is turning 32 three. or 33. He's 32 this year. right now. He'll be So 33. he's 33 in about a month. Uh, we were talking about all-time Steeler greats. I really, I mean, I think TJ obviously has a longer window because he's younger, but because you can all o- Cam's like, just different. Like he's just a. But I want Cam to get a ring like so, so badly. Like more and than what,
0: anybody on the team, right?
1: Yeah, and what really hurts is we're talking. You can get three more great years out of Cam before he's at that 35. That klata. ring window
0: is probably not going to be open. In no, three in years. these
1: next two to three years, you're thinking it's going to be Mitch or someone else on the, as the bridge guy it's very possible Cam retires without a Super Bowl
0: ring. Would you rather Cam retire as a Steeler without a Super Bowl ring but play his whole career here or in his last oh, year no, or two no, go no. ring chase somewhere
1: nope. else? Nope, first. first. You want him to be a Steeler forever? I need him. It's so
0: selfish of you. What about if he could win a ring in, in Kansas
1: City? You're not going to let him go? I'm not going be... <sighs> to if it's an NFC team, that's not Green Bay or not Dallas. He's going to Tampa. He's going to help Brady. because He's well, still going to be playing Brady's in five <laughs> still years. Going to be. Cam Ayers going to retire before Tom Brady does. I don't think that's far fetched to say. I don't think it is either, but uh, it is selfish of me. It, it's so selfish of me. But <laughs> that's a, that's an all-time Steeler great right there. All-time Steeler great, no question about it. Hall of Honor, no question. Borderline Hall of Fame for I, sure. So we think already J.J. Watt or T.J. Watt's a Hall of Famer. As long as nothing catastrophic Do you think fir- first ballot for TJ? As maybe long as one nothing year, catastrophic happens. Maybe one more year. You know how we always say, like, Patrick Mahomes retired today, get in the Hall of Fame. If TJ Watt retired today, could he be in the Hall of Fame? Maybe because of the sack record now. That's such a pretty. If he does nice another year of, of closing, of encroaching, wow, well, approaching 20, and then maybe another depoy... Next year. Probably a lock then at that point. So where does Cam rank for you in terms of likelihood to getting into the Hall of Fame? I think he gets hurt by the fact that there's too many Steelers
0: in already, which is an absurd thing. And I, I, I really hate that that's a criteria, but I think they're going to look at him and they're going to be like, ah, we got so many Steelers in already. Do we really need Cam? I do <sighs> he didn't win a ring. I mean, uh, yeah, all those All-Pros are great, but whatever. But so, he is a Hall of Famer in my mind. He's a, I think he absolutely deserves it. I mean, it. Pouncey's a Hall of Famer in my mind. I don't think he's going to get in for the same argument. There's just too many Steelers in the Hall. It's, people get Steelers fatigue. These voters get Steelers fatigue. And you almost get punished for having all these great players. Or they get punished is a better way to put it, for playing on a franchise that had great players. Oh, I'm out of the Hall of Fame now because I just landed on a great franchise? How's that fair? That's what I'm saying. I don't think that should apply here. Oh, it shouldn't, but it, it does. It I don't It unquestionably does. It unquestionably does. Their, voter fatigue for the Steelers is one of the main things that gets brought up when it comes to Hall of Fame voting and Steelers in the Hall of Fame. Tell
1: me the biggest Steeler name who should be in the Hall of Fame but isn't because of that reason. Isn't it Elsie? Isn't it Greenwood? Yeah, but I think in time that'll change too. Maybe. It's, how much more time do right. you need for
0: it to change? Fanica was one that really got right. stuck on the outside looking in for a long time because of that.
1: Well, Donnie for a while up until this past year Same too thing, got
0: stuck on the outside. And so now for a it was while.
1: Donnie, but now it is L C. It was Donnie and Elsie saying, "Why aren't these guys in?" And now Donnie Shell's in. It's got you got to put Elsie. It, it's it's the it's the whole seal curtain. You cannot write the history of the NFL without the seal curtain. And Elsie Greenwood was just I mean you know, Green and Lambert and Hamm were and Blunt were the biggest pieces, but you can't exclude Elsie Greenwind from that company. We can't exclude Minka Fitzpatrick from the okay, star yeah. power
0: conversation either because despite the year that he had last year probably taking a step back from his back-to-back all-pro form of the prior two years when he became a Steeler in that trade and then his first full season as a Steeler, guy's still got superstar potential. Not even potential. He's reached that superstar kind of level of play already once before. Uh, you kind of saw him at the end of the season, I think, come on a lot stronger than he played at the beginning of the year. The biggest play for me, despite him not having, you know, the interceptions and forced fumbles like we were used to seeing out of him, was that pass breakup along mm-hmm. the sidelines against the Baltimore Ravens, Hollywood Brown, late in that game. What a phenomenal play by that safety there, Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, believe he had another uh, PBU in a game or later in the season as well on one of the last—I think it was the Titans game, actually, where he broke up a pass— uh, when the Titans were desperately trying to get into the end zone,
1: I think I think Joe Hayden made that game-saving uh, okay, tackle. Right. That was Hayden. Yeah. That was Hayden. It was a tackle. Yeah. But,
0: uh, but I, dig- so, I, mean, I digress. Minka his... came on stronger as yeah, the year right. went on. He's had his moments. He's absolutely going to be flirting with all-pro status again this next season. The big question with Minka right now for the Steelers, though, is what do you do about the contract, mm-hmm. and what do you do about his running mate? Because right. He's had a good success with Terrell. I mean, he's made first team all pros with Terrell Edmonds as his running mate. And now, at least as it stands on April 7th, Terrell Edmonds is not your running mate. And Miles Killebrew is, or a rookie in the draft class is, or another free agent that you're going to bring in is. And you got to wonder if Minka Fitzpatrick might have a little bit of a struggle adapting to a new partner in crime in that secondary. It is concerning, but Mm. I also think that he's so good that even with a new PIC, he's going to be able to make a lot of plays and make a lot of impact felt. The other thing I would say is that he needs help from the team around him because I think last year he got in trouble when he had to do too much. He overextended himself. He tried to fly all over the field and make all these plays. Let Minka just do Minka things. Let him know that he can trust everybody else in that secondary, the linebackers and coverage, to tackle, to stick with their man, and... Not have to have him go cover all these holes that have been opened up by other players' uh, lack of play. I think if people around him can get better, he's going to return to that all pro form. And I still put him in as a, a member of the big three, if you will, with the cam Hayward or cam Hayward, T.J. Watt and minka. yes, but but he's the third. he's the, the third. Yeah.
1: and there's kind of a drop off.
0: Between two, one between and two,
1: two and, three. and three. Yeah, I think it's TJ one, Cam two, Minka three. But that drop off between Cam and Minka is significant. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And I think it's just because like right now he's the youngest. But I just don't share that same love for Minka as I do for TJ and Cam. Cam's been here longer than anyone, but TJ's been more dominant than anyone. Minka is just the young guy. He's really good. He missed out on the on a Pro Bowl. He missed out on the um, the All-Pro team for the first time of, of his tenure during, with the Steelers. So, not necessarily room for concern. Didn't have a pick
0: six for his first time right. ever as a Steeler.
1: But just, he's been with the team for such a short time. He wasn't drafted by the team, too, which, I mean, no. doesn't matter. I mean, James Farrier, greatest acquisition by free agency, by the Steelers probably in franchise history. Unless... Unless Minka takes off and and goes off a goes on this five years stretch of first team all pros, right? After taking this break, then you could say, okay, well James Ferry never did that. You got to put Minka above him. But right now, it's just I. There's no question; those guys are the top three players on this defense. But I think there is a little step below from Cam to Minka.
0: And number four is to it to me. Sure. And two, it's the one that I've always thought has the potential to be the best of any of them. I mean, the physical skill set, that 2019 season before he got hurt, or excuse me, was it 2018?
1: No, 2019. Yeah. 2019 he was, when he was on pace to be defensive that's player That's right, of the year.
0: that's right. And TJ ended up losing it to Gilmore that yeah. year. But
1: Could have been two Steelers' as finals. Two, it was the best
0: defensive player on the team at the beginning of the season in before the league, he got hurt in the arguably. league. He was
1: unblockable. He looked like
0: Aaron Donald on steroids, honestly, how easy it seemed for him to get into the opposing team's backfields guys never made a pro bowl in his career and he's got more skill than almost anybody in the league he's it's always really hurt my heart that he's never been able to really realize that potential because that's a couple first team all pros right there that's a couple pro bowls right there that's a household name right there at least that's how his for the Steelers that's how it should
1: be for Steelers fans, I think it should be.
0: He is still a household name for Steelers. But no, I, mean, I know. Nationally, he should, he should be known be. as one of the better right. defensive linemen. I think
1: in he league. was for the first six, seven weeks of the 2019 season. That was his
0: coming out party. When right? you only
1: play for the first six, seven weeks, you're not gonna, you're not gonna retain that attention for the next three months of the season. And we obviously don't know his status heading into this coming right. season,
0: but we live and hope as always that he sure. will be right on that defensive line, making it one of the best in football. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Going to poke around the NFL a little bit and maybe do a little mock drafting of that first round of the NFL draft on our next episode, so make sure you keep an ear out for that. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and we'll talk to you guys next time.